idea of human being some sort of natural concept is really going to change. Our bodies will be so high-tech we won't be able to really distinguish between what's natural and what's artificial. Yeah, this is going to sound pretty weird, but um achieve a sort of symbiosis with artificial intelligence. This transformative science that pairs smart technology on the outside with advanced chemistry on the inside. A it's something called the Mu chip from Hitachi. It's the smallest commercially available RFID system in the world and can be pulse powered by radio waves. It doesn't require a battery. You can literally scatter this stuff like dust some of you are still busy with checking the WhatsApp messages on your phones. What if I tell you, in the future, you might not even have to hold your phone in your hand to do this. And we can effectively have the option of merging with AI. I think this is extremely important. You never want a serious crisis to go to waste. This global crisis now presents us with a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reset the way we do things. We feel hopeful as we witness this new normal, and we believe that the social entrepreneurs will help society to redefine our practices in this new era. What we need when we hopefully, and thanks to a fair distribution of treatment and testing, move out of the pandemic is a common effort to create a more resilient, more inclusive, and more sustainable world. We need a great reset. Cortical implants and brain-machine interfaces that allow an amputee to control a neuroprosthetic device is a great use of state-of-the-art technology. But every new technology can have a darker side, depending on who controls its use. Right now, brain-to-brain -brain interfaces allow humans to control the behavior of rats. But how would you feel about having your brain controlled by another human? Or have the police or border controls read your thoughts? Hi there, my name's Rob Verkirk. I'm the founder of the Alliance for Natural Health International. We're an NGO that for the last 18 years has been at the forefront of campaigns, activism, research and education in the field of natural and sustainable health. It's an area that traverses many fields and disciplines, including science, law, politics and economics, as well as the social and environmental sciences. But right at its heart, is what we see as our right to manage our health by working with nature, not against it. Recognizing also that this right has consistently been under attack by those who have different ideas. In this video, we take a look at the Great Reset. It's the master plan dreamed up by Klaus Schwab, the octogenarian founder of the World Economic Forum. What's happening is that he aims to use COVID-19 as the prime trigger to radically change human life on Earth in ways that go well beyond most people's perception of what the new normal is likely to entail. So many people have been saying nothing makes sense. When you begin to understand the Great Reset and Schwab's closely related vision of the fourth industrial revolution, 
our promise to you is that many of the things that are happening at the moment will be explained, even if they still don't quite make sense to you or resonate. Many of these changes will affect our lives, including our health, in very profound ways, not necessarily for the better either. They also go to the heart of our long-standing vision of what natural health is all about. And as I said before, that's about working with nature, not against it or even in place of it. What about smart dust? Over 15 years ago, scientists envisaged unobtrusively monitoring real-world processes with microcomputers that were smaller than a grain of sand. But do you want to be surveilled 24-7? Not just where you are, but how you are? What about allowing others to control how you function or even think? Well, are you happy for others to read your thoughts, all without you even knowing it? And how about signing up to a new social contract that requires you, for the sake of others, to share all sorts of things you once thought were safeguarded by an inalienable right to privacy? These are just a few of the ideas that are part of the vision of one man, Professor Klaus Schwab, the now 82-year-old engineer and economist who founded the World Economic Forum. It's a private, non-profit organisation supported by governments, big businesses and billionaires the world over. He set it up back in 1971 in the Alpine mountain resort of Davos in Switzerland. Schwab's vision of the future is incarnated in his 2016 book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. This vision is now being fast-tracked by what Schwab calls the Great Reset. It's being communicated alongside another slogan that you'll see increasingly, Build Back Better. It's actually a, an old Orwellian UN slogan that's being repurposed by world leaders, including Boris Johnson and US presidential hopeful Joe Biden keen to implement the, green, the, the Great Reset. Look for it because it's a sign, literally. Professor Schwab is probably the closest thing you're likely to find to a puppet master responsible for the global cooperation we're seeing among governments and big corporates as they navigate the current COVID-19 quagmire. Schwab was born in Ravensburg, Germany in 1938, at a time when the Nazi regime rose to power and went on to create a regime built on brainwashing, fear, eugenics, and extreme authoritarianism. It's impossible to say how this early life experience may have influenced Schwab's desire to create the kind of new world order he's, he's now masterminding. But as we'll see later, Schwab makes some key assumptions that appear to demonstrate a disconnect with the rest of us who don't frequent the rarefied atmosphere at Davos each year. The Great Reset involves changes to almost every facet of our lives. It's about how we work, how we get paid and pay for things, what kind of medicines we need or should take or be forced to take, how we're monitored, how we share information, how we travel even. No stone is left unturned. We can see many of the new processes and, and technologies posed in Schwab's vision of the fourth industrial revolution already being trialled as more and more people around the world are forced into submission through lockdowns. These lockdowns, as more and more people are becoming aware, are of course not based on any health risk posed by the virus itself or a need to prevent hospitals from being overrun. They're based instead, as we've shown in another video, 
on a faulty PCR test that looks for a specific gene sequence linked to the virus that generates very high levels of false positives when the infection prevalence is low. Schwab is far from unique in having long recognised that the path the world has been on since the end of World War II would lead to destruction of the world around us and to society as we know it. That way of human life is simply not sustainable. Changing courses requires, of course, disruption. The World Economic Forum's reports on global risks, released each January, have increasingly recognised the emergence of factors and processes that can bring about that disruption. They include things like the meteoric pace of innovation that's morphed into an innovation arms race, climate change coupled with habitat destruction and loss of biodiversity that's triggering now the sixth mass extinction and the end of the natural world as we know it widening social and health inequalities between different parts of the world, the North and the South, geopolitical instability, and of course, the rise of populist culture alongside a growing resistance to globalization. And that, of course, leads to what Schwab refers to as profound social instability. Despite the immensity of all these things, they haven't been enough in themselves to create the tipping point Schwab's been looking for. A game-changing event superimposed on top of all of this was needed. And of course, in 2020, the last piece of Schwab's jigsaw, one that was both anticipated and predicted, arrived. A pandemic. The COVID-19 crisis that Schwab likens to a world war because it affects all parts of all social systems and economic systems in all parts of the world now serves as the catalyst for Schwab's Great Reset. Schwab may actually borrow the title of his initiative from another professor, Richard Florida, from the University of Toronto. In his book, The Great Reset, um, Fl Florida attempted to envision cities that would be winners and losers courtesy of the rise of creatives following the financial crash of 2007-2008. And, and it's somewhat ironic that creatives are one particular group that have been devastated by government actions in response to COVID-19. Having usurped the term, didn't take Klaus Schwab long to release a book titled COVID-19, The Great Reset. Um, he co-wrote it with ex-World Economic Forum colleague and economist Dr Thierry Malheuré. The power of Schwab's vision is that along with the massive disruption it requires to take form, it also dangles enough carrots in front of us to make at least some of it seem appealing. Take just for starters solving three of the current biggest issues of our time poverty, inequality, and climate change. These are all close to the top of the priority list of anyone with a social and environmental conscience, whether left or right-leaning. The basic tenets of the Great Reset aren't actually hidden from us. While they may have been developed by a global elite, you'll find them all conveniently laid out on the World Economic Forum's website. you also find that the World Economic Forum's mission, including the Great Reset, is supported by virtually every major corporation or association on the planet. That includes Accenture, the American Heart Association, Amazon, through to Zenith Bank and the Zurich, Zurich Insurance Group. Even Pope Francis is in on the act, calling for a global reset while taking a sideswipe the rise of so-called neoliberalism. Pope Francis lays down a new dogma that goes beyond Catholicism, 
in his October 2020 encyclical, Fratelli Tutti, or in English, All Brothers. In his third and most recent encyclical, the Pope examines the way the world has failed to cooperate during the COVID-19 crisis. The finger is firmly pointed, whether directly or insinuated, at those who haven't played the game. In the crosshairs are none other than the current administration at the White House, lockdown sceptics, mask deniers, and anyone who dares question the safety or effectiveness of any genetically engineered synthetic biology vaccine that's seen as the primary means of releasing the world from its current demise. As widely supported as Schwab's vision might be among the Davos elite, who've had the pleasure of being exposed to it over the last few years, its premises don't seem to resonate in the same way with a relatively small proportion of the public that have been exposed to it. We think this is because Schwab's vision includes a number of fundamental flaws or false assumptions. And to keep things simple here, we're just going to look at what we regard as the big three, three flaws or false assumptions that, in our view, are so deep-seated and integral to the vision that they actually render it not fit for purpose. Firstly, Schwab wants us to form social contracts with each other so that we can all toe a specific line, one largely dictated by people within Schwab's own circles, one built over many years during annual meetings in Davos in the Swiss Alps. The underlying notion is that we must, in all our endeavours, do good in ways that ultimately benefit others and future generations. Think of it a little like a, a humming ant colony where righteous behaviours are programmed in to benefit the colony as a whole rather than the individual ant. It's an enchanting idea, but deciding what's good and bad or bad and wrong isn't something that everyone can agree on. It's also highly subjective and few of us have enough information to really know what the effects of our newly required behaviours actually will be. So we're meant to engage in social contracts with those who share views that are polar opposite of ours, regardless. And what are the effects of not signing these contracts? Do we pay a price or do we have privileges withdrawn? This polarity of views is at the heart of, of course, the COVID-19 debate today because more and more people feel that the effects of the virus do not warrant the destruction of social systems and economies. Few governments are even talking about it. After all, isn't it logical to question how you can place so much emphasis on one disease and blindly accept so much collateral damage to livelihoods, economies and even the health of others? And also, when we know the scientific discourse has been fundamental to progression of science up until this point, why is it okay to marginalise the growing number of doctors and scientists, us included, who signed up to the Great Barrington Declaration, for example? Let's take another example. For, for many of us who've not been convinced about the scientific rationale for wearing a face covering in public places, why would we want to engage in a social contract with others who force us to wear masks, yet do so little to limit the collateral damage of their government's myopic, COVID-focused agendas? Secondly, we think that Schwab and his team have got it badly wrong when they assume that everyone with a social and environmental conscience, and anyone who supports the idea of moving towards 
a more sustainable future must also be or become advocates of all the other things that Schwab envisages in his fourth industrial cyber revolution. That includes implantable communication devices, advanced and pervasive biometric surveillance, fast-track synthetic biology vaccines like the ones currently in development for COVID, and even the development of designer beings born with deliberately edited genetic codes. It also has other less sci-fi, but nevertheless still game-changing elements to it, such as shifting the Western world and followers of it from a shareholder-based capitalistic system to a stakeholder-based one, a concept that can be hard to distinguish from cronyism. Many of us are passionate about nature, and we want to see humans working with it, not against it. We're all for progress, we're happy to see technology facilitate our lives, but not necessarily control us or replace us. Schwab sees an increasing blurring between the biological and technological worlds. This lack of delineation between humans and the tools it creates risks us losing the very senses and consciousness that help protect the world around us. For the sake not only of ourselves, but for the other organisms with which we share our planet now and into the future. Thirdly, we can all agree that the old normal created a gamut of problems socially, economically and environmentally and wasn't sustainable. Yes, the, the gender gap has been far too big. Yes, racial inequalities have been unacceptable. Yes, so-called industrial progress linked to the second and third industrial revolutions have generated such a lot of damage to the world that they have triggered the sixth mass extinction. But as Schwab himself recognizes over and over again in his books and interviews, this cluster of emerging, largely untested cyber technologies, positioned as the solution, also bear huge risks and uncertainty. In the wrong hands, as Schwab freely admits, they could destroy humanity and even the natural environment. In his typically utopian manner of speech, he talks of needing to develop harmonious agreement on what's acceptable and unacceptable ethically, to avoid these technologies being used to no good, but the benefit of a few. So with no attempt to reach out to the people, the Davos crew have decided that they're going to set us on this path to their own view of Nirvana without consulting us, the people, without showing us their risk assessments compared against all the other strategies that we could be adopting. It seems it's the World Economic Forum route or the highway. The trouble is they're using the COVID crisis to, to force us to agree all sorts of things that drive coach and horses through the rights that have been hard-earned through hundreds of years of wars, upheavals, protests, treaties, campaigns. And so we're supposed to do this now under coercion, while democracy is being suspended because of the emergency measures that have been implemented in nearly every country on the planet all because the World Health Organization's excessively broad definition of a pandemic allows them to freeze-frame normal life, keep the public in a state of fear, and hand governments authoritarian powers.
To many of us, this is simply unacceptable, not least of all because we live in a world in which public distrust of governments and large corporations has never been so high, often for very good reason. We made this video to help clarify our position, which we know represents the views of many of our supporters around the world. We're fed up with being marginalised, frankly, as conspiracy theorists, because we simply question how safe or effective the COVID vaccines might be, or what system of biometric surveillance they're planning to roll out, or if the mission to send thousands of microsatellites into orbit to beam down 5G wavelengths might disturb the function of our brains or our bodies, or the orientation behaviour of migratory birds or insect pollinators. People who question Schwab's vision are not all far-right neoliberals with no conscience about social and environmental issues. Take a look at the faces of those who were demonstrating in Berlin or London. You'll see they have both a deep passion for humanity and for the environment. Like so many others, we feel passionately that global governments, along with the big stakeholders in industry and the media, are on a divergent and dissonant path. We don't see a need to decimate lives and futures using a newly adapted virus as the excuse for instigating what we see as a twisted utopian vision, one about which we're being forced to comply through increased coercion and a suspension of due democratic process. That's why an ever-growing number of us resist what's being thrown at us, and we're going to continue to resist, so we can reimagine a different view of a better future, not necessarily one dreamed up in Professor Schwab's spiritual home of Davos. That's all. Thank you.